Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, beloved, welcome to another chapter of the Book of Sean. It's good to see you. Thank you for tuning in. We had a great show for you tonight, all right? This is going to be this is going to be one of the classics. I have a wonderful guest on. Dwayne is here. I can't wait talk to talk to Miss Curry. We're going to talk about her journey with love. Here's what I know for sure. Everybody has a journey and a story with respect to how we got to be and got to be where we are. None of us just dropped down out of heaven, people. We all climbed up from some hell. You hear me? And it affects who you are. It affects how you connect with people. It affects what you are attracted to. And more importantly, you ready for this? It affects who's attracted to you. Yeah. My guest tonight, Dwayne, has a story with respect to who she has given her heart to and who keeps trying to offer her theirs. <laughs> Wait till you hear this, okay? But by the time we're done, She's going to be in a better place because I am determined to inspire my sister. I am determined to make sure that she feels amazing about her, about her story, and more importantly, about her future. Because God ain't done with her yet. Woo, I'm feeling this already. And then we're going to do some Ask Dr. Sean. And of course, I'm going to do some headlines. So you know what I always say? Play the bumper, Hailey. <laughs> All right, people, tune in and listen to this, okay? Because I bring you stories and I take a little twist on the stories that I bring because some of these are going to be good for your soul, so stay with me. We're going to begin in a place that you might not be necessarily interested in, but by the time I'm done, you're going to be glad, I, you're going to be glad that you leaned in. All right. Recently, Magnus Carlsen, who is a name you probably don't know, is a world champion grandmaster chess guy. And he announced recently that he... I will not defend his title next year because, as he put it, and I quote, he simply is not motivated to play another match. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. Carlson said that he's held the title since 2013, and he's won every chess championship since then. And he said that winning the championship for the fourth and fifth times meant nothing to him. Interesting, right? He goes on to say that he's satisfied with the job that he's already done, and that he's happy that he's had, that he's not rather lost a match. But now it's over. Now, before I bring some critical reasoning to this story, let me first say um, that there's something commendable about somebody who knows when they're done. Come on, say amen. There's something commendable about somebody who knows when they're done with something and they don't want to do it anymore. That is to say, maybe you can relate to this. On some level, I wish some of the people I had encountered in my life were like Magnus and knew when they weren't interested anymore and had the courage it takes to walk away. Because there are too many people who are in other people's lives and they don't want to be there anymore, but they don't have the courage to act on how they feel. 
So before I'm critical of Magnus, how about I celebrate the fact that when you know when you're done, go on and be done. Stop stringing people along and breadcrumbing people and gaslighting people. And you know that deep in your heart, you don't really want to be there. Huh? Y'all know y'all want to say amen to this because we all know somebody who is dating somebody and the person they're dating don't want to be there. And everybody knows it but the person that they're dating. Just tell people the truth. You hear me? Tell people the truth. And if you want to leave, then go on in there and pack your stuff up and leave. Here's how we put it in the church. You ready? Ashes to ashes and dust to dust. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. I actually admire people who just have the courage to go when they're done. Now, let's get to the critical part of this little story. Because there's something to be said about a guy who wins so much that winning doesn't mean anything to them anymore. And if the truth be told, there are a lot of people in this country, in America, who are, who are of other tribes. You know what I mean. You see what I'm doing with, with my card? They're members of other tribes, and they win all the time. And when you win all the time, winning doesn't mean anything to you. And when you get to that place, that's when you, that, that's when you should move aside, step aside, and let people who, who, who have never experienced what it feels like to have victory have a shot at it. Yeah. When you start taking winning for granted, that's when it's time for you to stop playing the game. When you take victory for granted, that's when it's time for you to either assess your principles, change your values, or move on to something else. Let me tell you something, beloved. When you stop taking good things for granted, when you start taking, when you start rather taking great things for granted, that's when people need to stop giving you things. So for everybody in your life who's taking what you're giving them for granted, I got some advice for you because advice is what I do. Stop giving them things. And I'm, then the moment you stop giving them what it is they're taking for granted, I promise you, they'll come running back and say, you know what? I didn't mean it. I still want to play chess. <laughs> I crack myself up. Dwayne, I make myself laugh. You know, I don't make anybody else laugh, Dwayne. I make myself laugh. All right, let's talk about Josh Hawley. Dwayne, listen to this, okay? Let's talk about Senator Josh Hawley, all right? Oh, Lord, let me, don't let me cuss Jesus. I'm trying to be saved. I can't believe that I had not talked about this story already. I, I need to apologize to all of you, my fans and my viewers, that I have not talked about this already. I owe you an apology. I have sinned against you. I've sinned against you because I've not talked about this, but I'm going to correct my sins today. <laughs> so you all watched the last January 6th committee hearing, and at least one of the last two, and it showed a clip of Republican Senator Josh Hawley running from the rioters. <laughs> it showed him it showed him sprinting down the hallway and down the stairs. Now here's the man that put up his little fist when he was walking across the Capitol grounds when the police were in front of him, but when the rioters were running through the Capitol about to beat people up, oh Josh Hawley, you know, he was sprinting for it, running for his life. Now, let me say this right now. There is nothing wrong with running for your life. Say amen, everybody. In fact, I highly recommend it. <laughs> in fact, in some situations, the smartest thing you can possibly do. In fact, let me put it this way. Let's go over it, children. If you should ever find yourself in a situation, in a dangerous situation, where you have not the wherewithal or the means to defend yourself, then I highly, I highly recommend that you pick up your feet and put them down really fast and run for your life. 
<laughs> there ain't nothing wrong with running for your life because sometimes the goal is just to live and to fight another day. So there's nothing wrong with running for your life. Okay, we clear about that? In fact, sometimes it's intelligent. Sometimes the dumb thing is to stand there and fight people, fight seven people. You know what I'm saying? No, there's too many of y'all. I'll see y'all next week. But here's the problem with Josh Harley. Josh Harley tried to make himself the means and the standard for masculinity. Remember that? He said that he said he was bringing back manhood and that men need to be real men. Huh? You with me? Josh Harley said he was he was men should be real men. And that, of, of course, he was implying that gay men are not real men. OK, and I always want to say this. Do you know how much of a man you really have to be to be a man who wears a dress? I, OK, you're not with me, but you know, I'm right. You know how much courage you got to have to be gay in America? Josh Harley wants to be the standard for manhood, and yet he's running <laughs> from the rioters. Listen, people, you can't, you, can't, you can't make yourself the standard for masculinity and then be caught running for your life because it undermines your message, okay? Unless the message is real men run too. Because we do. The truth of the matter is, there's no one way to be a man. There's no one way to be a woman. There's no one way to be gay or to be straight or to be black or to be white or to be rich or to be poor. Every human being does it differently. Every human being wears who they are differently. You understand what I'm saying? Ain't no standard for it. We all manifest the colors as the colors are presented to us. Huh? <laughs> People need to stop thinking that their, that their little provincial view of something should be the standard for other people. If that's what you think, then that's what you think. If that's what you want to manifest, then go on and do it. Let other people live. Because in the end, you know what's true? In the end, we are all quite simply running for our lives. All right, let me do, let me, I got a couple more. This, this one is going to make you mad, okay? Dwayne, this one is going to make you mad, so get ready, okay, my sister? Get ready for this one. Um, did you hear about the white police officer in the predominantly black town of Lexington, Mississippi, who bragged about shooting a man 119 times? Apparently, somebody recorded a police officer, Sam Dobbins, the police chief of Lexington, Mississippi, and uh, talking about it. And we got some of the audio, so let's take a listen to it right now. Listen to this. I got a big corn shootout, man, a cornfield over there. Jimmy Dale Thomas, go he worked it. Justified, bro. I shot that 119 times. Okay? I don't give a Yeah, did you hear that? Full of N-word and bragging about the fact that he shot a man, black man, 119 times. The good news is Officer Sam Dobbins was fired. After the recording, uh, where he bragged also about killing 13 people in the line of duty. And, of course, as you heard, using the N-word. And, and, and before we get into the details that I really want to plumb, plumb down into, um, let's do a little house check, okay? Let's do a house check. We're going to every, Everybody lean in. Let's do a house check. In 2022, you should assume that everything you say is being recorded. I can't get no amens in this church. In 2022, you should assume everything you say is being recorded by somebody. So if you're dumb enough to do what this idiot did, then you deserve to be fired. 
Not just because the fact that you're a bigot and on your way to hell, but because you're stupid. <laughs> Saying things that you should probably say in the privacy of your own home when you're in the shower. Because you might not want to say this in privacy either. <laughs> but here's what I really want to do before I move on. Altogether now, altogether now, is anybody surprised that a police chief in Mississippi is bragging about killing a black man? Is anybody surprised? Did this story catch anybody off guard? Like, did, did, did your shock, like, meter go off? No. Nobody listening to me right now is surprised that a white police officer in Mississippi is bragging about killing black people and using the N-word. In fact, the only shock is <laughs> that this doesn't come out more often. You know, the tragedy of this story is, the tragedy of this story is that we're not shocked, that we expect this from places like Mississippi. Oh, and New York. Oh, wait a minute. And Ohio. Uh-oh, whoa, 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 whoa. And Minnesota. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. And Georgia. And California. <laughs> you get the point I'm making? America is bereft and overwhelmed with the vicissitudes of white supremacy. But here's the last thing I'm gonna say about this. We're never gonna live in a world where people are not racist, okay? There will always be racists in the world and racists in the country and somebody who don't like you because you're black or because you're gay or because you're a woman or because you're trans or because you're you. But here's what I know for sure. My love is stronger than your hate. And I don't need white people to like me because loving myself is what I do for a living. I got one more. <laughs> one more, Dwayne. And then I'm going to talk to you. Oh, so this one, this, Dwayne, listen to this. You listen to this one too, Steve-O. I love, I love murder shows, okay? Don't judge me. Don't judge me, but I love me some murder show. And if it's got a serial killer in it, I'm definitely watching it. I don't know what that says about me. I don't know what that means. I don't know what psychosis or psychopathy I'm suffering from. But you put a murder mystery in front of me and I want to watch it. Don't y'all judge me, okay? Because God is still working on me. I got a murder mystery story for you that's going to make your big toe shoot up in your boot. All right, listen to this. Did you hear about the story? Listen to this. Did you hear about how a FedEx box containing the body, the body of a murder victim has been missing for three years? Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm not done. The body of murder of a murder victim that was FedEx to a medical examiner's office has been missing. So the story goes like this. Uh, Je Jeffrey Merriweather uh, was discovered. Uh, his body was discovered a few weeks after uh, being. Okay, let's, let's try again. Let's try again. Jeffrey Merriweather, his body was discovered weeks after being found dead in 2019. I got to get this right because this, this is good. The Georgia man's family hoped to figure out why he died because it wasn't clear. So they convinced the medical examiner's office in Georgia to send his body to St. Louis for further testing. So they sent the body of this 22-year-old man via FedEx, which is a whole thing we could talk about later, to St. Louis. But the problem was the body never made it to St. Louis. 
FedEx lost the body. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing because it's not funny, Dr. Sean. FedEx lost the body. Can you imagine that? You get mad when FedEx loses your package. Can you imagine them losing your brother's body? And it's been three years and they still have not found it. Three years that this family's not been able to bury this man or find out why he died because FedEx lost the body. So the Atlanta Journal-Constitution has been investigating this and it elicited a response from the company and the company tweeted, and I quote, this is not the experience we want to provide and that we are very sorry for the pending uh, delivery. What? You lost a body. You, you didn't lose a pair of shoes. <laughs> pending delivery. Come on, FedEx. I need y'all to repent. You, y'all, should be, y'all should be repenting for your sins. But let me, let me close and say this. The real problem isn't FedEx. The real problem is that the medical examiner's office should not have FedExed the body. That's the real problem. Not only because it might be unethical, but because it was against the rules. Anyway, can't wait for you to meet my guest, okay? We're about to have a great conversation about love and relationships and the places our pain will lead. We'll be right back right after. You guys know I talk about love all the time. I am fundamentally committed to it. I know it's a journey. I know it's a process. It's not a moment, and it's definitely not a a feeling, okay? It's many things, and all of us have a story with respect to the love we find, the love we attract, and the love we should probably understand was never love at all. My guest tonight has a story similar to some of that. Welcome to the show tonight, Dwyn Curry. Hey, Dwyn. Hey, how are you? I am absolutely uh, at peace. I'm good tonight. I feel good. Uh, I hope you feel good. You look good. I mean, you look well. My pleasure, our pleasure, um, and, and we have a lot to talk about. So let's get into it, okay? All right, so, so uh, you are a black trans woman who, check this out, tends to date men who are on the down low. Here's my question. Why do you think they are attracted to you? So first of all, to become educational, the only thing that makes me transgender is the fact that there is a hormone regimen that goes on, uh, that goes into my daily dose. You know, you take a lot of testosterone out, you inject a lot of estrogen, but as far as like the different augmentation, as far as the breath, you know, the breast and, um, you know, retrieving a vaginal shaft, that is not the direction that I'm going. But you have to realize that when you do take hormones and you're taking certain things out and inducting certain things in, then it, you know, that's a transformation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not trying to go the extra mile. I am who I am. I just like a much softer look. I like to feel softer and everything. And so that's where um, coming in 
and transgender is. You know, you just gotta call it the way that it is. No, no, no. I, 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 I affirm that. Um, but, but, but let's, but, but let, let's stick, let's stick to the issue of why do you think the the DL brothers <laughs> are attracted to you, and 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 more generally, why do you think they are attracted to uh, trans women? Because it's a fantasy. Mm, say more you know, about it's that. It's a fantasy. It's, I mean, it's the fantasy. You know, everyone loves a secret. You know, and it's kind of like let's do this, but you better not tell. And you know, the reason why I believe I'm attracted to a man that is on the down low is because I don't have to be around him all the time. He's got to go home to this woman. As long as it's not none of my family members' men or any of my friends' men or anything like that, then, you know, it, I mean, I know it doesn't necessarily make it okay, but, I mean, hey, it pretty much goes the same when a straight woman is out there and she got a man and a girl is turning around messing around with her man. So Well, you know, you know, it's 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 interesting. You know, I, I think I think what you say um, certainly has credence, and, and what makes it. In, let me ask you this question, okay? Because I, I, I want you, I, I want us to, you know, to, to 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 do some work, even as we have this conversation, because one of the things you just mentioned is one of the you're attracted to them, right? Um, because they have to go home. They have to, you know, they go somewhere else, and then you get to move on with whatever it is you want to do. But here's my question, okay? And, and I'm gonna push you a little bit, okay? Um, what do you think dating DL men helps you avoid? Commitment. Mm, say more. Whoa, 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 whoa. I saw that. I, I, I see it in your face. What's, what, when you said that word, what just happened to you? Commitment. That's what it is. I don't have to be obligated. You know, it's different when you sit up there and make a commitment. see you every now and then and there's a certain comfortability that I believe that I've established since you know I don't know the beginning of when I start messing around you know I've never really dated I've never really dated um, a lot of gay men I've seen a lot that has gone on in my community and I just know, or I did know. Dwayne, 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 hold on one second. I, I, I got to take a break. Let's take a break real quick. We're going to pick up, we're going to pick up right where you left off, okay? Because you're doing great. And, and, then, and then I have another question I want to ask you. Um, because this, 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 this is interesting and it's powerful. And uh, we'll be right back with more right after this. Welcome back, everybody. I'm talking to my sister, Dwayne. Uh, Dwayne, so before, yes. before, before we took our break, uh, you were um, talking about, uh, I'll just ask, do you date gay men? I do, or, um, or actually, I mean, I do. It, it just depends on the man. Okay, that, that's you a good know, answer. It, it depends on him or whatever. I was in a relationship 
really and truly, and it was um, probably about 13 years, it was a gay man, but he was not actually considering himself as being gay and being out and everything. So it just ended up being extremely tumultuous, mm. you know, within the relationship, you know, because I don't like to be with a man where you know all of my family and I don't know any of yours. So <clears throat> I just don't like unbalanced relationships. Well, hold, 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 hold on, because hearing that makes me want to ask you, doesn't that happen when you date DL men? Because you can't meet well, their families, I right? Mean, I mean, when you, did a, when you date a gay man, that's different. Yeah. Because at some point in time, you feel as though you, you're going to go to the chapel and get married. Yeah. When yeah. you sit up there and you date a DL man, it's kind of like you already know what you're getting. Right. So don't expect anything. You know, there's been DL men that I've dated, you know, that's been in the industry, outside of the industry and everything. And, you know, they just kind of like turn things, you know, full circle for me to where they were just like, okay, well, I do want to meet your family. I do want to do this or whatever. Do you have a preference? Be honest. What's yeah, your what's, what's your preference? A gay man or a DL man? Which one do you prefer? A DL man. Okay, okay, stop right there. Stop. Well, you know no, what? no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, hold on. This is what I'm, hold no. on. Let me be real. Let me be real clear. Go ahead. Not necessarily a DL man or a gay man, but just about how about this? Let's be real clear about this. I just want a stand-up man. That's what I want. That's it. What does that mean? I don't care mean? if you DL or you gay or whatever. I need a stand-up man. Tell me what so that means. So stand tall through it all. You don't even need to identify yourself. I don't even need a pronoun in reference to who you are. I just need a stand-up man. And that's it. Would you say that you have ever had that? Almost. Hmm. Hmm. Almost. We didn't quite reach the, um, we didn't reach the finish line. Hmm. You know, because family for me is everything. And if my family does not approve, then, you know, it's, I can't really go too much further. You know, I really need to have their approval on, you know, a lot of things that I do because they know what's best for me. Mm. How long did that relationship last? Mm. It lasted, which one? Um, the one? The one you're referencing now, the one that didn't make it to the end. I mean, well... It was superficial. So I don't even necessarily know if it was a relationship. I think it was more so like a situationship. You know, where it was, um, we complimented each other. You know, he had money, I had money. We looked good together and that type of thing. Um, intimately, it wasn't a whole lot 
going on, but we enjoyed the fact of, you know, how the public pretty much saw us. But there wasn't really much intimacy. And I think, I don't know, it, you know, we were both young and everything. And um, I don't think either one of us really knew what we both wanted. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I, and I think a lot of people find themselves in that in that same predicament and situation. I, I, somehow, I think we've all kind of been there. Where, where you're yeah. young, where you're young, and you're going through the motions and the sensations, right? But, but, and 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 you're doing what you think you, and what you've seen people tell you you should be doing. But let me ask you this: yeah, have, have, you, have you ever had? And 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 right now, I'm not just asking you; I'm asking everybody this question: Have you ever had a long-term public, affectionate, affirming, um, uh, empathetic uh, relationship? No, mm. never. And I've never, ever displayed um, public affection with any of my significant others in front of my family. Mm. You know, I just feel like, you know, when it comes down to that, that's something that's very private, very intimate. Like my mother told me when I had a conversation with her and I was letting her know that I was coming out and I was extremely scared. And I was like, mommy, you know, I'm gay. She said, okay, so, and what? I already know. I don't care what you do behind closed doors. Mm. That's your business. So I've never been openly out to where it's just really my lover and I, where we actually held hands and, been intertwined the one that it is which is um and i'm not gonna say his name but he knows exactly who he is when he does listen i was with him for a very lengthy period of time and my family absolutely adores him Hmm. but he just was not comfortable within himself Hmm. because he's jamaican and over there you know, a lot of the um, what goes on in their beliefs, it wasn't working for him. Yeah. And so he was conflicted. Yeah. And he and I both were, you know, it, it was a crossroads and it was hurtful or whatever, but it stopped a lot. It did a lot yeah. to our relationship. So, Dwayne, Dwayne, Dwayne let, let me ask you this, and I'm asking your heart this question. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want that? I mean, do do you... Do, do you ever want to be in a relationship where you are not somebody's secret and they don't have a problem showing you affection and they love you? They love you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet and they want their love to, to be present, to be there for you. They're compassionate. They have empathy for you. You are the best thing that they see every day. You are the thing that they long for. You are the you, you 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 are the one that they would give and risk it all for. And they don't give right. a damn who don't like it. They don't give a damn who don't want it to happen. Do you do you want that? I mean that I mean the pictorial that you just gave me, you know, it's really awesome. But for me, 
you know, my trust factor is so low. Mm. So mm. I don't see that. Mm. You know, I it sounds tell. really it sounds really good. Everything that you said is everything that I want. But you don't it's trust everything it. that it's, it's, it's everything that I desire. Mm. But at the end of the day, being realistic, is that going to happen? No. <clears throat> so realistically, for me, when it comes down to a perfect relationship is number one. And the reason why I've not been in a relationship is because I choose not to settle for less. That is what I am not going to do because I know that I am awesome. I know that. And I deserve greatness as I give greatness. And then number two, he's definitely got to be financially established and stable. I am not going to sit up there and deal with a derelict where you got five baby mamas and then you looking for a job and all of that. And I'm running around talking about, I love you. I love, well, I have never been on that page anyway, but you know, I'm just saying just to get that, that is not where I am. You know, we, I want to be equally yoked. And a <laughs> Duane, lot of the reasons why I'm Duane, not interested. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. And, and I'm not, when I cut you off, I'm not being rude. I'm just no, absolutely. Yeah, because you've said something that I really want to hone in on. Um, mm-hmm. And what I want to hone in on is you mentioned trust that you don't that your trust level is very low. And, yeah. and from everything that I'm hearing, <clears throat> I, I, I would assess that where you are with trust is equatable to where you are with your expectations of love. Um, I know you have a journey with respect to not trusting people. It's a journey that we can't get into tonight, right? Uh, one, because I'm yes. running out of time and for other reasons. Um, but, but let me say this to you, all right? Let me say this. Cause, cause, because, you know, I, I have a heart for you. I really do. And I, 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 have, a heart, I have a heart for people that, that I know have been through something, right? They bring, they bring something to the moment to the table. And I can tell just from talking to you, you bring something to this moment. Something that is something that is real, something that is serious, something that is that 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 should be dealt with. And here's what I want to say to you. Thank you. Everything that I sort of mentioned to you. It, it isn't a fantasy. Mm-hmm. It, it, it can happen. And I, and I, I think I think when 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 you get to the place where you can repair your trust and, and your trust is not in other people. You're not trusting other people. You're trusting yourself enough to know that you are strong enough and able enough, right, to love and and to be loved again. I think when you get there, you will soon discover that there is somebody who is waiting and able and ready and willing to make sure that you know that you are not somebody's secret and that you you should be loved. And and, and when I say that, uh, I only mean to say that when you least expect it, the love you deserve is going to find you. Absolutely. Yeah, it really and is. That, and, you, and you are absolutely correct, and I thank you for that, because I don't, if it does not fit, I don't force it. It's got to organically happen. 
So I'm not looking for anything. I'm not looking for love. You know, my love, where it comes from, that fills me up is my family. You know, my family for me is everything. I have a lot of friends that doesn't really have a lot of family, but my family and I are extremely close knit. So a relationship is not as imperative as people tend to make it a necessity. It is not a necessity for me because once you are comfortable with yourself, then, you know, you're good. Everything needs to happen organically. Yeah, you know, I, I don't need uh, to Dwayne, be in my Dwayne, relationship. Dwayne, I, I, I agree with that, but but right. it, 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 even if you don't want it, I want it for you. I want that for you. I well, want tell you. them to run that trend app all of that. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Run that trend app all of that. If that's what you're going to do, then pull all that. You see the Versace belt, we not playing. You see the Pachotti necklace, we not playing. So, Listen. right. Listen, I, I want... And call me a gold digger if you want to. Yes, I do have my shovel and my Chanel bag. No, I'm saying, I'm playing. I'm but like... no, I'm like whoa! <laughs> listen, listen, Dwayne. I, I I gotta let you go. Thank th- thank yeah. you for coming on tonight, and um and I wish you love. I really do. Let's take a break. We'll be right back right after this. Welcome back, everybody. So you just you just watched my conversation with Dwayne, and that was a little confusing, right? That I'm not gonna lie, that was a little confusing. But before you judge, and before you you know you draw conclusions. Just always know that when you encounter people, there's always a part of their story that you don't know. There's a part of this story that we just went through tonight that I know that you don't know as a viewer. And that's why I'm able to have compassion for people and to love people and meet people where they are. Because I know that people manifest themselves in many different ways. And part of how we manifest is connected to what we've been through. It's interesting because... Love is always hard and it's always something that we struggle to understand. Now, add on that trauma, add on that suffering, add on that, add to that rather questions of identity and all of that. And you end up, you know, not always being clear and not always being able to, you know, put yourself in a position where you either get what you want or even know what you want. You know, before you rush out and sort of, draw conclusions sometimes it's just good to love people love the person that's in front of you and to understand that part of the task of being a compassionate person is being okay with not understanding because it's not your job to have it all figured out sometimes it's just your job to be there it's just your job to let someone know that in your presence they are safe they are loved and they are enough anyway Let's do some Ask Dr. Sean. Play the bumper, Hiley. So, 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 so. You guys always send me great videos. Hi. Where do you guys, where do you guys get all these great videos from? These great questions and ideas you come up with. And, you know, today's, tonight's show is no different, okay? Let's take a look at this video. Check this out. Hi, Dr. Sean. My name is Kelly, and I just want to know what's a good gift to get for a one-year anniversary. Oh, what's a good gift for one year anniversary? Well, you know, it's funny because I could really cop out and say it depends on the person. 
<laughs> if you got you got no, that's not a cop out. Actually, that's actually a good answer because a part of a part of uh, giving a great gift is knowing something about what the person who's receiving the gift loves and values and cares cares about and 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 gets excited over. Right? When a, a really great gift is rooted in the subjective desires and aspirations and 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 wants of the person who's receiving it. A horrible gift is giving somebody something that makes you happy, but has nothing to do with the person who's receiving the gift. As, as long as you are considering the person who's getting this gift and some part of this gift is connecting to some part of who they are, it'll be a great gift because they will feel as if you thought about them even as you were shopping for the moment that we call anniversary. And I would just say, beyond giving you a particular answer about a particular thing that you might get from a particular store, I would say make sure that the gift that you're giving them is appropriate for one year. That means you shouldn't be buying this person a car. (laughs) You hear what I'm saying? Don't be buying nobody a car. You've only been dating a year. All right? I I I, I wouldn't be giving somebody diamond necklaces diamond, you know, watches. It's only been a year, okay? Give a gift that's appropriate to the time that you've been dating, whatever that is, but also that is intimately connected to the identity of the person. Because when it's all said and done, you know, gift giving and anniversaries as it relates to that, uh, I mean, that's cool. But I think what people really want is to be understood, People really want to be heard. They want to be, they want to be affirmed. That's what people really want. So whatever you get from a store, you get from a store. Whatever you get from, you know, you order online, you order online. I think the real gift that people really want is your presence, your empathy. So in spite of whatever you may buy, make sure you give that gift. The gift of your compassion, your empathy, your presence, and your concern. Because unless you give that gift, you won't have two years. Your one year will be the only year because longevity is hidden, not in the things that you buy. Longevity is rooted and hidden in the ways you show up to be present in someone's life. All right, someone DM me this question. Let me, let me read it to you now. My husband has become obsessed with using sex toys in the bedroom. <laughs> I agreed to this in the beginning, but now he wants to use them all the time. And when I refuse, he gets angry. I'm afraid that if I continue to say no, he will cheat on me. What's the best way to handle this? All right. I think you guys need to go to counseling right away. Okay? You need to be in a therapeutic setting with a professional who can help you talk through this. Because you are heading in different directions sexually, which may be indicative of you heading in different directions emotionally. And the reasons for that are probably complicated and varied and you guys need to be in a process to sort of figure that out. This is not something you're going to be able to handle by yourself, okay? And I'm just going to say it because I think I have the right to say it. This ain't something you could just bring to your pastor. And then he gives you three scriptures and praise and tells you to spin around three times in the room, speak in tongues, and now you're delivered and healed. There's a journey happening beneath this journey. The obsession with sex toys is coming from somewhere, and your aversion and resentment for it and what it might mean for you and about you, that's coming from somewhere too. 
and you need a real professional to give you to create a real setting for you and you and your husband to have a real conversation to hopefully arrive at real solutions or at least the articulation of your real perspectives. I think the thing that, you know, when it's all said and done, the two of you probably need to do is to continue to be honest about what you want and what you don't want. And then be open to the possibility that that may mean certain things that you did not plan for. I think what happens when we get in relationships is that we sublimate who we are for the benefit of the other person, only to discover that we cannot sustain the sublimation. At some point, the real you shows up and it, and it arrives. And the things that you said okay to, you ain't okay with no more. That's a moment where you have to renegotiate the terms. That's where you are. It's time for you and your husband to renegotiate the terms. And I warn you, I warn you that you may hear things and find out things and he may be connected to things emotionally, sexually, that you never thought were possible. That's why, my friend, you can't have this conversation by yourself. But the good news is there are a lot of professionals out there who would love to help you. So let someone in and the two of you will figure it out. And if you go forward together, you'll be okay. And if you don't go forward together, then guess what? You will still be okay. Let's take a break. We'll be right back right after this. Welcome back, everybody. I was thinking about that last question about the sex toys. A lot, lot, of, lot of interesting things going on with porn and sex toys in people's relationships. But I don't have time to get into that. You guys sent me, uh, 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 are we doing another video or am I reading? I'm reading. I'm reading. I'm reading. Okay. Um, here's a question someone emailed me. I adopted my daughter when she was four years old, and now she's 16 and obsessed with finding her birth parents, which makes me uneasy because I'm afraid that she will forget about me once she locates them. How do I get past my fears of being passed over and encourage my daughter to do what is best for her? It's a great question. That's really a great question. Um, but you said it. You, you, you answered your own question at the end when you said in your question, to get over yourself and to allow your daughter to do what's best for her. Because what your daughter is trying to do is not an affirmation or an indictment of you. It really has nothing to do with you. Nothing about the love that you've given your daughter is at stake in or about her need to know something about her roots. She has the right to know where she comes from and who produced her, even as she has the capacity to love you. People are wonderfully complicated and diverse and, and multifaceted creatures. We can do more than one thing at once. We can want to know where we come from and search for our birth parents and love the people who cared for us and stood by us at the same time. I think the thing to do is to separate yourself from what may, might rather well be an historical fear that you've carried around a long time. And as the scriptures say, that that I feared the most has come upon me. The moment you stop fearing rejection or fearing that you'll be overlooked or fearing a lack of significance and importance in her life and understand this most important thing, that the God of the universe and all that is contained therein decided to choose you to be the only person out of all the people on this planet who have ever walked on this planet, who are walking on this planet, uh, and who will walk on this planet, to be the only one 
strong enough, wise enough, compassionate enough, smart enough, able enough, capable enough to love this child into maturity. You were chosen to be the protector and the, and the, and the caregiver and the fount of wisdom for this sacred vessel, this child. And that you have done your job masterfully. You have succeeded in places where a lot of parents fail. When you understand that you have done your work, you have fulfilled the assignment given to you by something greater than you, then you revel in the goodness of what you have done. You need to take a step back and give yourself a standing ovation instead of sitting by the side of the river dangling your feet in the water worried about the waves. No, no, no. Don't do that. You did a good job. You did so good that this girl is strong enough now to ask important questions about herself. That's how good, that's how good you did, how well you did, rather. She's able now to ask important questions about herself. And your job as a parent should always be to want your child to have all the information they need to be everything they're supposed to be. This ain't about you. It's about her. And let her have a connection to where she comes from. Because I'm assuming you have that. I'm assuming you know who your mama is, your birth mother, your grandmother, your great. You know that. She does not have that. It doesn't mean if she finds it that she doesn't want you. She does. She loves you. And she's grateful to what you did for her. But there's a question in her that needs to be answered. And as is the case with all parents and all children, when your kids get to the place that they have questions that you can't answer, you have to send them on the journey that will be the legend of their life. So let her find her legend. And she might find things that make her greater and she might find things to make her cry. Your job now is to say to her, wherever you go and wherever you find yourself, my love will be with you. Like wind and like wave and like water, I will be with you. It's the job of a parent, man. <laughs> All right. All right. I got I to gotta hurry up. Someone DM me this question. My sister's boyfriend keeps hitting on me. He's constantly flirting with me, showing up at my home uninvited and then begging me to have sex with him. I'm torn about telling my sister about this behavior because she is insecure and I'm afraid that she will blame me for his actions. And I think that I'm interested. Oh, wait a minute. And I think that I'm interested in him. How do I tell her the truth without running out, ruining our relationship? Oh, my God. This is messy. Yes, this is messy. Okay, um, I'm thrown off by the fact that you think you're interested in him. I, I need you not to be interested in him, okay? Because that's going to end up really bad, okay? I think you better tell your sister what's going on and risk her not being able to hear it, but at least you can say I told you the truth. Let me go back to you being interested in him. He's cheating on your sister. He's trying to cheat on your sister with you, with you. He's cheating on, he wants to cheat with you. Don't be okay with that, okay? I need you to be better than that. I need you to have a higher sense of yourself. I'm praying. Thank you for tuning in tonight. <laughs> Interesting show. I'm so glad you turned in. We'll be back next week. Make sure you check us out. Nah, life is something else, isn't it? Y'all be good to each other, all right? Because I love you, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. <laughs> <laughs>